This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Is violence always wrong? One expert says that sometimes violence is useful for self-defense and shares how to prepare yourself and survive violent encounters with criminals. The only people that really have ready access to the tool of violence are the predators. That's a big change in the last hundred years. It used to be a life skill that you had to learn how to protect yourself and your assets. Then, research shows even young children can have racial bias. We'll hear from the author of this study. We find evidence of racial bias as young as we can test for it, which is among three-year-olds. So in our work, what we're trying to do is teach children to see people of other races as distinct individuals. Those two stories and more are straight ahead on this edition of InfoTrack. The show begins after this. InfoTrack. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Is violence wrong in all situations? An expert says violence might save your life in a criminal encounter. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Tim Larkin is an expert on the subject of violence. As a former military intelligence officer, he was part of a beta group that redesigned how special operations personnel trained for close combat. And now he's written a book called When Violence is the Answer, Learning How to Do What It Takes When Your Life is at Stake. Now, Tim, in the beginning of your book, you mentioned a statistic about the people to whom you've taught self-defense techniques. So let's start with that statistic. Yeah, I point out to people, a huge motivation for the book is the fact that people that actually come to me, come in contact with me, 70% of them have already had violence affect their lives in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, it's only 30% of the people that come that are proactive and are taking action to get some knowledge prior to anything ever having to happen to them. So it's my hope that people educate themselves ahead of time so that they can minimize the chance of violence ever entering their life. Most people in our society are raised with the mentality that there's always a way to avoid resorting to violence, that using violence is always wrong or immoral. What are your thoughts about that? Well, the reason we're able to have the relatively safe environment that we have comparable to the rest of the world is because we have been so good at violence, meaning we have a very large standing army ready to go forward. We've been very good at using the tool of violence to the point to where we've basically convinced ourselves that as individuals that it's almost unnecessary to look at the subject to the point to where we stigmatize the subject and the only people that really have ready access to the tool of violence are the predators and that's a big change in the last hundred years it used to be a life skill that especially the males all had to have you know it's kind of like a rite of passage that you had to learn how to protect yourself and your assets and things of that nature you were basically your own first responder and we've lost that. We've told ourselves that there's never a right time to use violence. And in a perfect world, that would be true. Unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. Tim, one of your chapters is entitled, Your Brain is Your Deadliest Weapon. And you write quite a bit about the importance of mindset. What would you change about the average person's mindset as they just go about their normal day-to-day life? Most people operate in a reactive state. They're in what I term as the effect state, meaning they're constantly responding to situations rather than being in cause state, you know, just determining what they're doing. The idea of situational awareness has really been just captured from us basically through technology. Our smartphones have basically grabbed our sensory systems 
and it's really something that the predators are taking advantage of all the time. So one of the biggest things I would advocate for people, a great way to start to really up your own personal self-protection is really just being extremely aware of using technology when you're out and about in the public. There's a video clip of a robbery that took place in Seattle on a public transit bus, and everybody's immersed in their cell phones. They're all paying attention to it. They have their earphones on, and there's a criminal brazenly walking down the middle of the bus, robbing people with a gun, with a 45. He's putting it in people's faces. He's grabbing their phones. He's grabbing their watches, wallets, and everything, and nobody's communicating with anybody. And it's so bad that he gets through at least six people. And then the seventh person that he puts the gun in front of, the guy looks up from his phone and he takes action. He literally redirects the gun and he goes forward on the guy. In the other hand, he's holding the phone. And the most amazing thing happens. You would think he would use the phone to help protect himself, maybe use it as a bludgeon. Instead, here he is facing a gun, redirecting a gun, and he's trying to stick his iPhone into his coat pocket. <laughs> As he's going in, because that's how immersed we are in our technology right now. Now, it turned out okay. The rest of the bus was able to get up. They all jumped on top of the guy, and luckily nobody was hurt or shot. But it's an extreme example of just how much we've given up our situational awareness to the amazing technology that we have available to us now. The conventional wisdom from many, maybe even most self-defense experts is just cooperate with a criminal, and in most cases, you're not going to be hurt. Can you give us some scenarios where the average person should resort to violence, how they can make that decision between cooperating and attacking? It's understanding the idea of the difference between antisocial aggression and asocial violence. Oftentimes, robberies, you know, when you hear that information like, hey, just comply, just comply, what you're talking about is antisocial aggression. Unpleasant as it is, it's still communication, meaning a person could have a gun put on them, a knife to their neck, but the attacker or the predator is talking to them, is communicating with them in some way, shape, or form, saying, give me this, give me that, and people can comply. At that point, you have the choice to engage them with your communication skills, talking yourself out of a bad situation, all the things that we've known since we were a kid. What I try to educate people on is the other side of the equation when there is no communication, it's asocial, and being able to pick up on those cues. We had a situation in London approximately 12 years ago where a young lawyer left the tube stop that he was at in a relatively nice part of London. It was late at night. It was about 1130 at night. And he was walking home, decided to cut through the park that was there. It wasn't a bad park. It wasn't a crime-ridden park. But he went through there. Two guys followed him from the tube station and robbed him at knife point. They threw him up against a tree, asked for his watch wallet. He did exactly what the authorities and the self-defense experts that you were talking about did. He gave them the watch, gave them the wallet, gave them his briefcase, and they left. Everybody loves that part of the story. As they were walking away, one of the predators talks to the other and says, hey, he saw our face. We probably shouldn't let him live. That's about as much thought as they put into it. They came back. When they came back, this time their heads were down, their knives were drawn, and they rushed him. And he tried to run away, and they ran him down, and they stabbed him to death. What I try to talk about to my clients is there are two very distinctly different situations in that story. There was one that showed an antisocial aggression posture where communication was a possible solution. And the other situation is the one that I want everybody to aware of. When you're facing an asocial situation where these guys are coming in to do grievous bodily harm, you're devoid of choice, there's only one thing that's going to get you out of that, and that's understanding how to use the tool of violence. 
Tim, you're right that the most common question you get from new students is what are the top three places on the body to cause injury, to inflict damage? So what's the answer to that? I understand everybody, especially in this day and age, everybody wants hacks. They want the shortcuts. They want to be able to do that. And, and we would love to be able to say, hey, basically memorize these three things and you're good to go. Normally, what they'll tell you in the self-protection world is eyes, groin, and throat. The reason they tell you that is those are three areas of the human body that you don't have to have a lot of power. You don't have to have your body weight engaged to be able to injure those areas. You literally can do them with just your hands. I understand why that's done. The problem is when you tell somebody something like that, I guarantee you whatever top three targets I would give your people, when something happens to them, they wouldn't be available. So it's just not a way to train people. And people just basically want to memorize something and dismiss it. I try to teach people a principle-based approach to things. Equate it to learning multiplication. Would we just sit there and say, hey, give me the top three equations I need for multiplication? Say you did that and said, okay, you know, 12 times 52, 77 times 69, 37 times 42. You're good. And sure enough, when violence comes your way, it's two integers you've never seen. It's 12 times 27. You've never seen that before. So you don't know the answer because you don't know how to multiply. Well, what I do is I teach people how to essentially multiply. And that's by showing all the areas of the human body. I show the various sight pictures. And then they, from whatever angle, as long as they can think and move, they're going to have an option to put an injury on the human body because there are many areas of the human body that are available to them. And it doesn't take a long time to learn that way. So I understand the idea behind it. It's just we wouldn't approach any other serious subject that way. The skill sets of destruction are accessible to everybody, and they're extremely simple. And it's very easy to learn. That said... Just understanding violence and looking at the subject to wrap their head around the idea of what violence is, they're going to end up living a much more peaceful life and a much safer life just by understanding that because they're going to be do behavior modifications. They're going to minimize the chance of violence ever entering their life. Tim Larkin, self-defense expert and author of the book, When Violence is the Answer, Learning How to Do What It Takes When Your Life is at Stake. Tim, do you have a website where people can learn more? Yes, whenviolenceistheanswer.com, or my name, timlarkin.com. Well, thanks again for joining us on InfoTrack. Appreciate it. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, how to overcome racial bias in young children. That story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.